When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. All right, 22-12, Calgary leading Ottawa. 2-15 left in the third quarter as week two of the CFL season gets underway. Uh, I'm really pleased to welcome this next gentleman to the show. He has been uh, named the WHL Official of the Year, the Allen Paradise Memorial Trophy for the last two seasons, 17 years in the Western Hockey League. It is Chris Kreitz checking in tonight. Chris, you're on with Reed. How are you doing? Hey, Reed. Thanks for having me. I'm doing great. I really appreciate you taking time to come on the show. I was mentioning earlier, I, I always like uh, talking to, to refs or linesmen or you know, officials in any sport because you guys often aren't uh, permitted or encouraged to do interviews. And uh, unfortunately, you have a pr- profession where sometimes you get vilified a little bit. So it's nice to, to remind everybody that you are human beings. I'm going to start something to, with a little different, though. Is it true that you spent some of your life in Macklin society? Saskatchewan. A hundred percent. Yeah. I'm, I'm in Airdrie now. That's where I call home uh, with my family, but I'm a Macklin Saskatchewan boy. Grew up there. High school um, was probably, if I remember correctly, you may have actually covered the WHL tournament there uh, when you were in Lloyd. And I was probably a youngster running around, uh, running around the rink, watching them uh, at that time. Yeah. Well, the question I, I, that might've predated my t- or to my time in Lloyd a bit, but the reason I want to ask you about Macklin, because I want you to tell people about the sport of Bunnick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was coming. Yeah. I uh, haven't been home to it in a few years, but it is uh, every August long weekend. It's a big tournament held in town and uh, puts the town on the map. That's for sure. Yeah. So it is, uh, it is sport. It is, horse ankle bones not real horse ones ankle. anymore but basically you throw a man- an ankle bone at, at a row of other ankle bones and you get to knock them exactly. down before the other team does yeah 20 and 22 on each side and you gotta i think i want to say it's 32 feet off top of my head in between each other and uh you gotta knock the other teams down before they knock yours down and uh yeah yeah it's like 118 <laughs> tournament yeah massive term i think every august so i'm trying to now find when that tournament was in mac because i may have gone what because uh, i think i am older than you so you might have been i'm 10 years older you must have been officiating already though when i was in lloyd no no because that was i want to say it was uh 98 you know what it was jay bowmeister's 16 year old uh, so i year. did just miss that because i got to lloyd in 2000 yeah so i just yeah, missed it yeah i was one because I, I definitely remember you uh being on tv at the station there and uh may have even seen you around a few lloyd twins games Oh, definitely. I went to those all the time. <laughs> yeah, those yeah. were fun. Those were fun. I played, played three seasons with the Wilkie Brewers right out of high school. So, Well, um, we and that was – they they were one of the best teams in the league, right? It was usually Lloyd, uh, Wilkie – I think Unity was usually good. Yeah, the two of us met a couple of years in a row in the finals. So, yeah. Yeah, there were some good series between the Twins and, and Wilkie because I think one year uh, – I don't know if you were still there, but Lloyd won the league, but Wilkie, I think, had won – 
uh, whatever level they were in in Saskatchewan Provincial. So yeah, I remember I remember that for sure. Yeah, good times. Okay, so how'd you how'd you become an official? And like we said, like and and I the stories I have done over the years on this show often involve you know why did you stay with it because unfortunately it's it can be a bit of a thankless job sometimes parents and coaches and athletes can yeah. take it a little too far with people who are learning this how to officiate themselves how did you sort of survive and keep pushing through all this you know what i got into it way back when i was playing pb hockey at home in macklin um like many other kids do they follow what their dad does and and my dad officiated so i i grew up around it um hanging out in the referee room when he was lining senior games um i started lining some senior games when i was in high school that's when i worked my way into the shots first program and then from then on you kind of follow the same path as the players like you go to the first tournament you start getting scouted there um working better hockey um year in year out and keep getting scouted go to some camps and then eventually got hired to the to the western hockey league and whatever whatever that works out to be 2005 or something like that uh the the dub put out that release when you when you won the award uh over 700 uh whl games 100 more in the playoffs so a ton of games it helped like you gotta you're are you driving everywhere too um, both, lots, lots of miles behind the windshield driving over the years, um, lots of flying. So when I was in Saskatoon for my first nine years in the league, um, you always had that one extra flight, um, the drive to Brandon from Saskatoon, the drive into Alberta. But being out of Calgary here, the, the driving hasn't been quite as bad. Um, lots of easy flights out of Calgary. But even when we go out west, 99% of the trips you're flying into Vancouver and then driving into the States with a crew from out West. So even though we may have an hour flight to Vancouver, it can be five or six hours in the vehicle one way for a game. Right. And, and tell me a little bit about your, uh, your employer, right? Cause you, you, you yeah. got, you got to have another uh, a source of income here on top of being a ref. Yeah. Mo- most people probably don't realize that all of our guys for the most part have full-time jobs and families. And we do this as a part-time hobby. So, um, when I was doing it my first eight or nine years, I kind of had hockey going first and then I was working around it. But now I work for Sportcheck in their corporate office in Calgary and they've been so supportive of me still doing this. Um, there's definitely, there's some vacation days burnt when I, when I was traveling, um, for hockey and in the playoffs, but yeah, without this, without the support of a good employer, it wouldn't be possible. Yeah. That's amazing. Chris Kreitz joining us tonight on uh, inside sports, 17 years in the WHL. He's been their official of the year, the last two seasons. I, I'd love, I'd love to, I can already tell we're not going to have enough time because I, I, I love talking to you and you got some great perspective. I, I, I always ask officials this, your secret, your approach to, diffusing what could be a tense situation with a coach or a player how do you keep those under control uh you know what it's something that's probably come over time um it's not easy when you're when you're starting out in the league uh with some of the players and especially some of the coaches but um trying not to get as hot as they are is is key because um, fighting fire with fire doesn't work, to use that analogy. But um, listening, sometimes you got to say to them, like, I hear you. I, I know where you're coming from. I understand you're frustrated. But what your guy did isn't okay. Or, or I know why he's trying to do that. I understand his role, what he's trying to do, but across the line. And um, I've kind of prided myself throughout my career, especially the last 
nine or ten years of being a good communicator and being able to talk to the players and having a good rapport with the coaches and the assistant coaches and and that went a long way to some success especially the last seven or eight years well well sometimes uh uh you know end of a period if a coach wants to talk to you would you sooner have that conversation right away or let him cool off during the intermission and then talk to him it, it's actually like a, a procedure that we won't talk to him right at the end of the period. Um, I mean, there is obviously maybe a one-off here and there where you really need to, but I, ideally you do it at the start of the period when everyone's had a bit of time to go back in. and um, Especially if, the, if it's a really heated, it's best to go back to the room, take 18 minutes to kind of calm down. And, and if, if it's still top of mind, then sure, let's talk about it when we come back on the ice. Yeah, okay. A um, couple other things here. Um Speaking to the media, <laughs> okay. Now I don't know if you've ever heard me before, but like I'm biased because yeah, I I, 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 I listen to you. Yeah. I listen to the other broadcast. Right. So I want everybody to do interviews because I'm a talk show host. <laughs> I asked Gary Bettman about it. He's like, look, it's not helpful. Some of our guys speak French, and we wouldn't want them doing interviews in English or vice versa. Uh, and I've always said, as much as I would like refs to come out and say, hey, let's talk about this call, the the fans of the team that think they got screwed probably aren't going to be appeased anyway. But do you think it could ever be helpful, or could you ever see it happening, I guess would be my question. Um. I don't know that it would be helpful because fans are still going to be pretty pretty rooted in their team. Um, honestly, what I think would help help the fans' perspective and understanding of it is sometimes on the broadcast when rules or situations are conveyed to them incorrectly. Like, I'll be watching a game, hear something on a broadcast, and I'm like, no, that's not actually how it is, but that's what the fans hear, right? And um, that, that's that's a detriment for sure because then the fans hear that or or they see a situation um see how see how it's handled and they just get that belief that it was against their team without a full understanding of the full situation and and i think that's that's what what's a detriment to them uh i like how you put that and uh I, and I'm not saying I'm per, and look, here, here's my approach as a broadcast. You've probably heard me say this, and Brownie after games too. If we think a call was absolutely wrong, we will say that. Yeah, uh, that's but we also say there's sometimes a difference between a bad rule and a bad rule enforcement. And I'm always going to the rule book online, and I'm not saying I always understand it right, but I try yeah. to understand it. And sometimes it's like, hey, you may not like that call, but he actually did call the rule book, uh, yeah. <laughs> even though that might be a, a rare circumstance. So you do get frustrated, though, sometimes when officials are vilified or, or well, crapped on a bit, I guess, for lack of a better term. And you know what? At, at the NHL, like that is such a fast game that um, it's 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 tough to, to be 100. percent That's our goal every night. But there is going to be going to be the odd one that uh, that goes the wrong way. All right, you're you, you did the Memorial Cup final, right? Correct. Yeah. How, was that your second one? How many have you done? That was my second one. I worked. Uh, fortunately, my first one was in 2019 in Halifax. Had a good tournament there. Worked that final. Um, and then this year, again, very fortunate. Like, you, you feel lucky to get to one. Um, you never know if you're going to, like everyone says, uh, to get back to a second was even more fortunate. So, that, yeah, worked my second one, worked the tiebreaker game on Thursday, worked the final on Sunday. Uh, so when did you find out? How much advance notice did you have that you were doing the final? Um, I found out Friday night after the semifinal. 
So show about a day to prepare. Yeah. Wow. Okay. The standard for that tournament. Um, the assignments for Sunday come out Friday, right after the semifinal. Amazing. So how competitive does it feel with the other refs? Very. Yeah. Everybody's. I mean, at that point, you're down to to four referees from across the country from the three major junior leagues. You're the best guys in those leagues each year and and everybody everybody there a they can work the final b everybody wants to work the final and and we had a really good week there was no controversies leading up to it um feel feel very fortunate very lucky um but it could have been any any of the four of us for sure okay and, and are, are you stepping away from it or what's going on in your future yeah, yeah, that, that was that was it for me. So pretty special um, last game for sure. Um, it was pretty much determined throughout the years. Kind of, it goes back to last summer a conversation I had with our boss, and um, both agreed that this was probably time to to be the last season. Uh, young family, commit more time to work. Um, I got a hip that needs needs some work on it. So it's a little bit of everything: the time commitment, the the time on the road. It's just it's time. Yeah. Well, great career. We'll have to try to catch up again because there's other things I, I was thinking of uh, of asking you. But I, I do appreciate yeah. uh, I, I do appreciate that you took the time to come on. I mean, you're a great story. And uh, hey, you know, Macklin's not a not a, a huge community. It's an awesome community, but not a huge community. And and uh, you represent uh, that town well. And now you're in Airdrie. So good for you, Chris. Thank you so much for doing this. Congrats on a great career in the Dub. Thanks so much for uh, having me on, Reed. I really appreciate you guys thinking of me. And uh, anytime, if you want to chat some more hockey, let me know. Right on. That is Chris Kreitz checking in. 17 years in the Western Hockey League, their official of the year. The uh, last two seasons just refed his second Memorial Cup championship game, uh, what, a couple of weeks ago. Awesome to have him on the show. Probably could have, uh, if we had more time, would have dove into some more stuff uh, for sure. But I, I do, I, I really do like having uh, the officials on the show, whether it's uh, hockey, basketball. We've had some umpires on in, in the past. I, 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 it's important to hear their perspective, I think. So that was really cool. 780-496-0063 is the hotline presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. Back for some final thoughts. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta's precedent-setting injury lawyers. Wow, I saw teammates like Dan Girardi with the New York Rangers. Like, his body was so filled with bumps and bruises and weird things. Like, I remember watching his elbow grow an extra elbow, his wrist grow an extra finger. Like, it was like, what is going on here, man? Like, he was blocking shots and playing through so much pain. Like, he was a warrior. And obviously what I saw, uh, the injury report out of the Florida Panthers is incredible, right? Brendan Montour has a torn labor. He's got to need surgery. will be out four months. Uh, you know, Aaron Eggblad played with a broken foot, dislocated shoulder twice, torn oblique, uh, concussion test. Like, like, that's crazy. And Matthew Kachuk, so the funny thing about Matthew Kachuk is it's not so funny, but he had a broken sternum. So I got a bruised sternum one year uh, with the Buffalo Sabres. It was bruised. It wasn't broken. I couldn't get out of bed. Like, to get out of bed, I had to slide myself off the bed fall like basically yell into a pillow because it hurts so bad once I was up and moving it wasn't too bad but the worst was trying to get out of bed 
bed. And that's what they said, right? Like he couldn't even get out of bed. Um, and he got really, really bad after game four. I can't even imagine that he played the rest of the game, scored a goal in game three to take it to OT with a broken sternum. Like that to me is crazy. A little bit there from Marty Baran on the show last night about seeing injured players play in the postseason in his career and commenting on some of the Panthers' injuries. And, of course, we had Kelly Rudy on earlier saying, why, why do they do that? Why do they have to come out every year when the, it ends and list off all the injuries? He's kind of like, who cares? So uh, uh, contrasting viewpoints there from a couple of former goaltenders. 780-496-0063. Okay, so Kellen, you said mm. you had something special for me? Yes. This uh, better be really special now. <laughs> well, we were talking about our favorite B-list, uh, I guess, Spider-Man or comic book movie villain, or movie and or comic book villains, I guess, in this case. Um, I heard, well, play you mine. Uh, I was fortunate enough to uh, experience seeing this character come to life in the first Spider-Man movie trilogy, the live action ones from the early 2000s. So we're going back to the Spider-Man movie 2002. Read, name this B-list um, Spider-Man villain. Hey! Unlock the thing! Take the chain off! Hey, freak show! Going nowhere. I got you for three minutes. Three minutes of bleak time. All right, Reed, who is that? Well, that's Randy Macho Man Savage. Yes. Uh, I I can't remember what villain he was playing. Oh. I'm really sorry. Uh, Bonesaw. 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 Okay. And it's uh, not one word. It's bone saw. So Mr. Saw, <laughs> first name Bone. Bonesaw McGraw. Bonesaw. Yes. The character was created in for the film and has never appeared in any Marvel comic I just read. Wow, amazing. Wow. I did not know that that was the name of the character. You got me, Kellen. Good there stuff. We go. Okay. That was a fun show. Thanks to Chris Kreitz, Paul Sir, and Kelly Rudy for hopping on. Dave Campbell's the producer of Inside Sports. Kellen Kennedy, of course, your studio producer. The Elks game, remember, coming up on Saturday, 3.30, countdown to kickoff, game at 5. Calgary still leading Ottawa, 22-12, halfway through the fourth. My name's Reed. Thanks for listening.